Hello there. Welcome to the Yummy Factor, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the mesmerizing world of filming food commercials. I'm Xander, food and tabletop director, and I'll be sitting down with the true masters of the craft, including directors, food stylists, practical special effects wizards, and anyone involved in this crazy world to hopefully shed some light on what it takes to make food look absolutely mesmerizing on screen. Today, I'm talking to the amazingly innovative director, Joris Nordmos, who's created some of the coolest food commercials in the last few years. You can find his amazing work in the description below. Welcome, Joris, to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm super, super happy to have you, and you're the first director that I'm talking to, which is amazing. I rarely get to talk to other directors about the crazy stuff that we do and the crazy world that we live in. Yeah, I'm very honored. And uh, likewise, it's uh, it's super fun to talk directors one-on-one. And uh, indeed, it's not often that that happens. So let's enjoy it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think we have a lot of stuff to talk about because I think we go through the same things as directors. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge admirer of your work. I think your stuff is so slick and so on point. And I really enjoy, you know, how you've developed in the last few years and you know, I share a lot of crew members, like you work with a lot of TPs that I work with and a lot of food styles that I work with. So yeah, it, it, this is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or likewise, I'm a, a big admirer of your work too. And indeed, it's funny that on the one hand, we, um, I think this is actually one of the first conversations that we have among each other, but we share so many of the same contexts. So you feel very familiar, even though I, uh, I hardly know you. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like, Obviously, I see you on the Instagrams. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, even though, yes, we haven't talked much, it almost feels like I've known you for years. Yeah, exactly. So, um, dude, let's just dive in because one of the first things I always ask people that come on the show is like, what do you think is your responsibility as a dot, dot, dot? And I think it's so interesting, especially for a director. What do you think your responsibility as a tabletop director is uh, when you're on a project? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question, actually. And that's one of the reasons that I, I actually really enjoy, you know, doing a conversation like this because it, it forces you to sort of take a step back and, and come up with a proper answer for a question like that. And I think that can only help you going forward because so much of what we do is, is intuitive and, and sort of analyzing it and discussing it is, I think, a very valuable tool. So, uh, as I knew this question came up, I gave it some thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, for me, I feel like we can divide it. I feel the responsibility is, is divided in two. And I think one has to do with the final output and one has to do with the process. And I think that the biggest responsibility is delivering a good film. And of course, you can discuss what is a good film, but uh, I would say that the film that makes the client happy, that makes you happy, so in the end, I think that the, the, the biggest responsibility you have as a director is to deliver, essentially. And, you know, you can be the nicest guy in the world, but if the film in the end isn't good, the, the, the project isn't a success. So I feel like it's, it's part of my responsibility to bring creativity to a brief, to offer ideas, to, to take it to the next level. And also maybe, uh, you know, I can imagine that not all clients are 
so into the food film world as we are. Yeah. So I think I'm also a valuable resource to explain what's, uh, you know, trendy, what has been done, what is innovative. And there's so many different stages of the whole process. It starts with the pitching. Yeah. When a production company gets you in, obviously you're their, you're the horse they're betting on, you know, like you yeah. as a director with your reel, with your savvy, with your know-how, obviously they're hoping that the client will want to work with you regardless of, you know, the pitch or the treatment uh, that you deliver. So like, it's your responsibility before you get the job to get the job, to have the meetings, to be charming enough and be savvy enough and convincing enough to get the job. Because obviously the production company is betting on it. For them, it's getting or not getting the project. It's getting or not getting, yeah. I don't know, a couple hundred thousand euros. Exactly. So we do a lot of free work beforehand to actually land the job and for it to happen. Absolutely. That's definitely maybe a topic we can even come back to later in the conversation, indeed, the pitching process. But I feel like the, the other part of my responsibility is creating mood within a project, creating a good atmosphere within a project. And that goes indeed from the first briefing call with the agency to sort of, you know, the final online viewing, I feel like you, you're so instrumental as a director in how everybody's experiencing the project. And it also goes vice versa. I mean, if the film is amazing, but everybody had a terrible time making it, that's also not great. Yeah. So I find it very important that, you know, you create a very collaborative atmosphere between everybody involved. So that's not only the crew, because I mean, the crew we know and the crew, you're very much on the same page, but the same goes with the agency and with the client. And I think it's very important that we realize that by the time it reaches us, an agency has already been working on it for months, you know, yeah, they've put in yeah. so much time and effort and, you know, it's, it's a little bit like their child. So you need to approach it in a way that, you know, you come in with a fresh energy, with fresh ideas, but you also don't want to step on anyone's toes. And the same goes for a client. I feel like clients respond very well to the feeling that they have been hurt. Yeah. You don't need to take every suggestion that they do, but if you create an atmosphere where people feel free to speak up, where you don't sort of butcher their ideas or, you know, respond with a, yeah, but no, on every suggestion that they do. You know, you create much more sort of uh, fun within a project where everybody's having a good time and everybody can, can also put their best foot forward. So, yeah, I mean, like basically you have to understand the agency has been, you know, chewing on a project for months and months and months. And sometimes it gets down to minute details that you don't even know, like where you say like, ah, no, I don't want to do this with, you know, the salad here, or I want to do like this camera move. And they're like, no, 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 no. This is specifically something we've chewed on for a month with the client that, they they need this shot like this and like that. You kind of just like throw it away and say like, oh, that's shitty. And I, I'm, I'm the director and I know better. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. And, it, you know, film is a collaborative process. And I think that's very important to keep that in mind is, you know, you need all those people to get the job done. So yeah. you need to be as a director also a little bit sort of the social sauce, the social glue that, that ties everybody together. And um I feel that 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 is a that is a very big part of the responsibility as a director is to to create that atmosphere within a project that everybody afterwards walks away with a good feeling. And it's as simple sometimes as saying thank you. Yeah. And you say it's a collaborative process. You want to inform people what the hell we're doing on set with a little bit of time. Yeah. You want the food stylist to be prepared. You even want, you know, if you're working with talents, uh, even the makeup artist, you know, to just call them and tell them what's happening so they can 
you know, think about it, you know, how the hair is going to look like from the lady who's going to bite into the burger. You know, it's, it's, it's everyone wants to bring their A game to the set. So, so give them the opportunity and the time to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I, I thought that was one of the takeaways from the conversation with Haley that the, the, the producer from the garage that you spoke in a previous episode, she says, you know, we're selling alcohol to alcoholics <laughs> and sugar to kids. So we might as well have, have a, the best time ever doing it, you know? And yeah. I feel like it's such a, um, you know, I could have been an accountant or a lawyer, but I get to do this. Yes. And it's so cool. So, you know, uh, when there's a lot of stress or deadlines or the project goes to, to shit somehow, I think it's very important to, to, to keep realizing that, you know, we have the coolest job in the world, you know, and if you, if you can sort of give off that vibe, I think everybody really connects well with that, you know, that, that from the agency, from the client, uh, people on set, you know. I think everybody really enjoys if you're enjoying the process. Uh, one question I, I, I have for you is like, how responsible do you feel as a director of a project? Because we're sort of like the artists, you know, with a vision. But how responsible do you feel for timing and for the budget of the project? Um, it, it, it's, it's a dynamic in a way that, uh, you know, I tried to figure out quite early on, what is the biggest priority here? Is it that we finish on time and within budget and the rest rarely matters? Or is it to deliver a really, really good film? And then you can act a little bit accordingly. I, you know, I think it's, um, nobody's benefits from a director who doesn't keep an eye on the time, you know, and I think you can also, you know, in the end, if, if you don't keep an eye on the time or the budgets, in the end, you might end up losing a shot. So it's also on your own benefit. A hundred percent. You know, and, and I hate losing shots because I've, I've fallen in love with every shot during the process. So that, you know, it's like <laughs> killing one of your brainchild. So in that way, I try to keep an eye on the time. But it also happens that within a production, I say, guys, you know, if you want to get this done like this and we, you know, uh, the client likes the shot, the agency likes the shot, but we need about an hour to prep and an hour to shoot it. And the, and the production company says, yeah, but... You know, we don't have that time. It should be done in half an hour. You know, at some points, I, I think, yeah, you know, I, I, I gave you all my professional opinions on it. And it's up to you to either acknowledge it and act accordingly or not. But then I, I'm, I also don't really mind the overtime. You know what I mean? I, I can only do so much. So I feel the more the production company listens, the more responsible I also feel if it feels like we're, you know, like, true teamwork and then I'm, I feel very responsible but it it ends at some point also you know and it, you can never put a disclaimer underneath the film like you know doesn't look great but at least we finished on budget and on time you know so <laughs> time and budget is especially interesting in your work because obviously you have these super complex shots with these rigs and camera moves are absolutely bananas where you come up with the craziest gizmos and contraptions to have the camera fly in ways that we've never seen before. And that's the cool thing about food and how food films have developed that it's not, you're not filming the onion, you know, whatever being sliced. You're flying through cars into like a drive-through, almost into the fat, you know, of the kitchen of a KFC. And obviously, you know, like, like building these rigs needs a lot of time and money. How do you, when you get like a project and you know more or less how many days of shoot you have and how much time and money you have, how do you dial in or out like the complexity of shots? Like, because 
obviously want every shot to be amazing. And then you realize, dude, I, I would need five days to make every shot the way I want to. Like, how, how do you deal with that? So, I mean, it, it, it definitely happens that I refuse projects because from the get-go, it's, it's clear that either the time or the money isn't there to do it in a way that I feel I like or is required for creating those circumstances. So I think it's the first step is sort of figuring out ahead of time, like, can we do it like I want to do it? And those are conversations that I try to have quite early on with the production company. And I try to explain them, like, even when, you know, when you get shortlisted for a project, what is the amount of time that we have? And this is the way I like to work. And I, I know by now how long a shot takes. I know what prep we need. And then it's just a matter of being super transparent yeah. ahead of time uh, of, of what is needed. And also being then sometimes brave enough to walk away if those circumstances aren't yeah. provided to you. Um, I'm going to pick up on what you said about walking away from a job because it's, it's hard as a freelancer. You never know when your next job is going to come. But if you don't feel comfortable with it, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you don't want to walk into something where you already know that you're going to lose. That for sure is one thing. And the other thing is, yeah, we are not magicians. We do not magically create these visuals. Like everything needs a process. It needs time. It needs preparation. It needs testing. And that's where our, our experience comes in. We say, okay, I see a shot and I already know this takes time. Yeah. But you want to do 20 of those in one day. It's impossible. Yeah. I can do it within the right circumstance. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I feel it's, it's also tricky at the moment because I feel across different countries, across different continents, I think every production is suffering from it is that budgets are getting tighter and tighter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on the one hand, I feel it's a dynamic where we need to be very clear on the circumstances. We need to be able to create what we have in our minds, what we think clients want. But at the same time, you know, the, the world is changing. The world is evolving. Um, we already work much quicker than the generation before us. And the next generation is going to do probably great effects with less time and money than we do. So I think it's also important for us to sort of you know, we need to tell them we don't have a magic stick that can get everything without the tools. But at the same time, we also need to evolve and try to be flexible. Otherwise, we, you know, we become too expensive or, or you know, we, we don't evolve with the market. No, but that's, that's interesting that you say it because there's so many tools. And I, I know we work a little bit similarly, you know, using collaboration tools, whatever. You know, within just a couple of hours, you can have a call with anyone around the world. You can connect, you can have WhatsApp groups. You know, there's, there's all this technology where you can move really quickly. Cause yeah. I, I was talking to a really good friend. He's a producer. He was a producer also in the eighties. He I think he did like the Marlboro country, uh, commercials, um, in the eighties and whatnot. And he told me like, dude, like the budget that we have nowadays for entire shoot we had only for scouting yeah. because we said, okay, where are we going to shoot this? Oh, let's go to South Africa. So you had to get a bunch of people on a plane, fly to South Africa, get your camera out, click, 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 fly back, develop those pictures, look at the pictures, go like, mm, we don't like this. Then fly, I don't know, to Eastern Europe, go there, click, click, click. So they would spend, I don't know how many months just researching the location they're going to shoot at. And nowadays you can do that within a day. Yeah. So yes, obviously things are getting so much quicker, quicker and more efficient, but sometimes I feel like, okay, where are we heading? How much quicker should it be? Because it almost feels like sometimes you don't even get to enjoy the process anymore. What I suffer from is that it means that you are also like the, the way of working you described now, it means that for a certain amount of time, 
you're engulfed in a project. You know, your mind is only there. But what means for us is like at least in three or four stages of production at any given time, I'm in pre-production for one of two jobs. Um, I'm doing polls for one of two jobs. I'm pitching on something else. And your mind is so fragmented across all those different projects because indeed, you know, if I look at my agenda, sometimes it's cool with this about this, cool with that about that. And it's different projects with different people on different continents. And that's what I find very hard is I feel like your best creative work is when you have time, you know, when you can really sort of lose yourself for a couple of hours in something. And I feel that that is the challenge I, I have is that technology enables us to, to work quick and efficient, but there's also a constant distraction. I mean, if you go on location scouting to South Africa with all the key people, you're going to speak about the film the entire trip. Yes. And the film is going to benefit from that. Oh, for sure. And and we were just like a, a half an hour phone call with the client to speak about something and then we'll move on to something else. And uh, that's what I, th- I think about sometimes is, you know, like it would be nice to to be more in a bubble sometimes. And that's what I also like about shooting outside of your own country is that, you know, you're in a hotel and your, your mind is completely there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that too. I love just having a destination shoot where my mind is just going to be immersed in that job and you're with, with all the key people the whole time. And, and, and that's what you mean. Because great things and great creativity comes when you're there, when you're trying things out, when you're, you know, doing a recce with a viewfinder and you go like, but how about like, look at the window, look at the door, look at the kitchen. What if we place the camera here? It gives us a view that I've never seen before. And very rarely do you have that sort of time to explore. And I mean, like uh, Stanley Kubrick, there's this behind the scenes for uh, The Shining where he's looking for a shot, you know, when... Yeah, he's going to lay on the floor. Yeah, and then he says, mm-hmm, and he lays on the floor and, ah, this is interesting. And then suddenly he created one of the most iconic shots in movie history because he he took the time to explore. And yeah, very, very rarely do we have the, the time to explore. But yeah, I mean, like, that's also like the, the question to you, like, what is your creative process? Where do you find your inspiration? Is it, you know, tabletop centered or do you sometimes find an inspiration from completely other things where you, ah, what if we did this that I saw in this movie or on this whatever? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, I mean, uh- I feel like in the line of work that we do, we we are like a sponge and sometimes you need to, you know, the, you squeeze the sponge and you need all the creativity to come out. But at the same time, you also need to sort of, you know, reabsorb uh, in that sponge from other sources. And those sources can be very varied. Uh, it can be feature films, it can be art, um, but it can also be those sources can also be as simple as as looking at other people's work on Instagram and, and even TikTok. I think my main inspiration still comes from seeing what work is out there and, and try to uh, give it my own spin. And I'm still amazed with what cool effects are in, in movies, uh, even from, from a long time ago. If you look at, you know, the stuff that's been done in Breaking Bad 10, 15 years ago, like, or, or Requiem for a Dream, I oh, yeah. mentioned in your your podcast as well. And, you know, some of the things that you saw there are now being super trendy and you see them in commercials. So I definitely try to, to, um, to look elsewhere than commercials, but I've been thinking a lot about create, you know, sources of inspiration and, and where does creativity come from? Because what, what I personally struggle with a lot is that I feel like the most important 
phase uh, for us is actually usually very rushed. I don't know how you experience that, mm-hmm. but you know, the treatment phase is, is usually, you know, the timeline is extremely short. We need a treatment in three days. Yeah. You know, especially with the Middle East or, you know, like these guys are, you know, they, they, they want it all and they want it now. Um, but also on the other markets and I'm still so baffled by very rushed. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a short list, make a plan. That is the plan that we're going to execute for the next months, maybe. And that part, you know, is so influential for how the outcome and it's rushed and, and it makes me so sad. And also I feel that. It's very typical that they say we want something we haven't seen before, but please show me reference. Yes. And, you know, yes. that doesn't. <laughs> so I, f- I would love to have just a bit more time to sort of analyze the brand, analyze the story we're trying to tell, translate that to a visual language, translate that to specific shots, um, try to really come up with things we haven't seen before, and then have the time to get that drawn, for instance. So, you know, because what I notice is that because it's rushed, you you grab to what you know. Hey, I know a cool gift that that would work for this shot, and you put it in, and you're, and you're like, oh, okay, one shot down, fifteen to go. So, I, yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm thinking about a lot. Is how how you know I feel like I'm in a point in my career where I want to give things much more my own style instead of giving my spin on a shot that I've seen somebody else do. But how do you create the circumstances? I know exactly what you mean, because like, obviously in one way we're cannibalizing our own creativity. Like we're sort of like in this bubble where, you know, a lot of work feels very similar, obviously in a world where everyone brings the lore pack uh-huh. style and we, they say, we want this lore pack shots. And then you sort of like start doing that. I a thousand percent feel the same way. I feel that I have to break down. Yeah. Cause you have three days to do a treatment, but you have more or less a day to break it down because then, you know, you have to start looking for the moods, start like doing the treatment, the layout, the design, because, you know, the crazy thing nowadays is that the production of the treatments or director interpretations that we have to do is bananas. You know, it's like 60 pages of images and GIFs and it has to look nice and has to convey the feeling and blah. So like, I feel you spent two days making it pretty and just one day actually saying, okay, this should, should be like this and this and this. So no, like, like you don't even have the time to, you know, go to the supermarket and get the product, put it on a table and see what it looks like through the camera and, you know, really, really get married to the product yeah. before you start thinking about how you're going to show it. And, and a lot of times the days on shoot, they're so structured that I have, I feel like I have sometimes like eight minutes for shots if I want to have it. Mm-hmm. That I cannot, you know, like what we just talked about, Kubrick, like just take a viewfinder and look, no, 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 no. Put the camera there, uh, get the people, uh, okay, make it, you know, nice and bubbly, whatever, shoot it, you know, do three takes of that and let's go. Yeah. Um, because you'd rather do that yeah. than not having the shots uh, later in the editing room. So yeah, I, I think a lot of creativity and, and a lot of the essence gets lost just by being rushed all the time. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, but it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned it because I, you know, whenever there's time, it's definitely something that I try to do is, you know, it's, I did a lot of work for KFC, you know, we just ordered a bunch of KFC at home and, and me and my wife just started to, to play around with the food essentially and, and with a phone and, and that, that led to some amazing shots. And what I find super funny is that I, I try to do that now quite a lot is, is do little test shots with my phone in my own kitchen. Um, 
to try to come up with shots because there I feel like you, you the inspiration mm-hmm. comes from the food. Okay, this this needs to go on that. How many ways can we come up with in the next 10 minutes to get that on that? And what can the camera do? And by just trying everything out, you start to sort of be inspired, not by what you saw somebody else do, but just start to get inspired with what happens in front of your own eyes. A little bit like your Kubrick example. And what I find so funny, and I think this is something, you know, that that uh, maybe uh, aspiring directors can really take note on, is that whenever I do a PPM or a, pr- a treatment presentation, those are the gifts the clients respond the best to. It's shitty lit. It's shot with my phone. You see my wife uh, who uh, hasn't done her hair in her tracksuit. And, <laughs> and they love that stuff. And then next to that, there's a gift from a cool commercial from the lure pack that they like. But they, they, they respond to that. And there's something there that they also connect to that they, they understand that you took their product. You took it in your own kitchen. You, you, you played around with it in the evening to come up with something great. And even though the gift looks shit, they get an idea of the shot. Maybe because it is not so well lit and so nice and it's shot with a phone, but they get the idea they are amazed again on set because then they see like, oh, that is what you tried there. But now it's with a good camera on, on even more slow motion with a pretty light, with a styled food. And that's a dynamic I really like. So that's what I try to do as much as I can now because I feel like it, it brings so much joy to the whole process from doing it in my own kitchen to presenting it and speaking about it with the client and then seeing their amazement when you repeat the the dynamic of it but with better ingredients yeah, that's just fun and i think it, it all ties down with with you know the beginning of our conversation is just finding the tools to explain your vision um and i guess at the end our responsibility mm-hmm. as directors is communicating it's asking the right questions where are the problems you know what are the features of your product that you want to show in what way in what mood and really clearly communicate how you work, how you like working, what do you need, what tools, what gadgets, what people and why. You know, sometimes they ask you like, why, why do you need that lens? It's so expensive. It's like, well, but you know, oh, no. that's the only way of, of getting it through. So I guess most of our job is just, you know, and, and again, for aspiring directors, if you don't like talking, if you don't like communicating, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Because it's not about what's in your head. It's about how you can verbalize it. And take, you know, the clients or the agency that are not that savvy about what we do and really explaining it and using every tool that you can, shooting your own things with your phone, using GIFs, using pictures, use Midjourney or whatever to get the point across and really, really hammer down that you're not a magician, but that everything is a process and it needs time. That's it for this episode of The Yummy Factor. If you like the show, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have questions, you can find the contact information in the description box. The Yummy Factor airs every second Wednesday of the month. 